Howdy do who fans and welcome to the Big Blue Box Podcast. My name's Gary. My name's Adam. And welcome to episode 223. One day I shall come back. Yes, I shall come back. Until then, there must be no regrets, no tears, no anxieties. Just go forward in all your beliefs and prove to me that I am not mistaken in mine. Our lives are different to anybody else's. That's the exciting thing. Nobody in the universe can do what we're doing. I've reversed the polarity of the neutron flow, so the TARDIS should be free of the force field now. You may be a doctor, but I'm the doctor. The definite article, you might say. The trouble with time travel is one never seems to find the time. Change, my dear. And it seems not a moment too soon. Unlimited rice pudding, etc., etc. I am the doctor. For now, for this moment, I am the doctor again. The ground beneath our feet is spinning at a thousand miles an hour. And the entire planet is hurtling around the sun at 67,000 miles an hour. And I can feel it. We're falling through space, you and me. People assume that time is a strict progression of cause to effect. But actually, from a non-linear, non-subjective viewpoint, it's more like a big ball of wibbly-wobbly, timey-wimey stuff. I could be a curator. I'd be great at curating. I'd be the great curator. (laughs) I could retire and do that. I'm the doctor. I've lived for over 2,000 years, and not all of them were good. I've made many mistakes, and it's about time that I did something about that. Bit of adrenaline, dash of outrage, and a hint of panic knitted my brain back together. I know exactly who I am. I'm the Doctor. Sorting out fair play throughout the universe. Howdy Who fans, hope you've all had a cracking week and that you've all managed to do something, something. Doctor Who, Who related. Related. Yeah. Oh, we made it online, mate. <laughs> we've, we had a, it. we've had a few technical gremlins before kicking off today, haven't we? Just a few. Yes. Yeah. It's but been an here. interesting morning. <laughs> Who let the Cybermats into my damn TARDIS? I know. Cybermats. We're here. Yes. Welcome aboard the TARDIS, everybody. Welcome back for episode 223. New listeners, welcome aboard, waving from behind the microphone. Uh, remember to subscribe to our show. Head over to any podcast network that you normally listen on and just do a search for us. are normally there. The big one being iTunes. Just do a search of the Big Blue Box podcast. The Big Blue Box. It's a mouthful, isn't it, mate? The Big Blue Box. <laughs> yeah, gosh. He's <laughs> saying that because I was doing a, a little outro to a video the other day and I must have done about oh, at least 10 to 15 takes trying to get my words out but it wasn't actually the big blue box bit that I was stumbling on up until that one take so I posted this on my Twitter for some reason the one take where I actually managed to get the full ending out and get all my words out I then got to the bit where I say I don't forget to listen to the big blue box podcast and I completely forgot the name <laughs> of it I went don't forget to listen to the Doctor Who oh damn and I was like, so close to like <laughs> getting to the end of it yeah it is a mouthful but that's i'm so rehearsed it normally just flows off the tongue but it yeah, just, yeah normally but uh, it was funny that little outtake it was funny yeah a little outtake do a little christmas outtake video i think yes. <laughs> uh coming up in today's show we've got uh quite light on news and merch just um uh, one of each to go through and then on to our review of the sarah jane adventures mm-hmm. the mark of the berserker mm. berserker 
What is a berserker? Somebody goes berserk. Yeah. Actually, that Closing guy does go berserk as well, doesn't it? Yeah, yeah, it's a good name. It's the right name for those people. Yeah, so on to the part of the show where, unfortunately, this week we're going to be quite anticlimactic, really. Because normally mm. we go through, what have you been up to, mate? What have you been up to, mate? Anything Doctor related? But <laughs> I think we've both just had a very, very quiet time of it <laughs> last week. Yeah, yeah, I haven't done much at all. I, I, I've been uh, just literally editing videos and I... I'm, yeah, I went out to the cinema yesterday to see Captain Marvel, which was okay. Um, <laughs> but yeah, I haven't done anything Doctor Who related uh, this week. So I feel like I need to start a new book because I just finished the Scratch Man, which I really enjoyed. And um, so I I love that feeling. I don't know about you. I love the feeling of actually closing the last page of the book and being like, oh, finished mm-hmm. it. And mm-hmm. then, um, and then yeah, so I need to pick a new Doctor Who book to to read i think but yeah i haven't even done any doctor who reading i've got a doctor who magazine sat on the side there that hasn't even been opened yet and i don't know just don't know where the week's gone really got all these things to do just not enough time to do them i read you yeah yeah yeah. same as me mate i've not done i haven't watched any doctor who i haven't read any doctor who just been Mm. yeah doing other stuffs i'll tell you what i'm looking forward to that because we were saying just before we we started recording that season 18 it's finally due out on monday and oh, it looks yeah. like it might actually yeah. get released because it's gone back a few times you know the release date's been held back um but a few people have had the money go out of their account yourself included <clears throat> so it looks like it's on its way and that's gonna that's gonna be a a great set to keep you occupied because there's <clears throat> excuse me <clears throat> hours and hours of extras on that yes so yep. yeah uh, no, I'm hoping, yeah, so the uh, the monies, like you said, have left the account, so it should be en route. Yeah, hoping. I just can't wait for that set. I'm so so looking forward to it. Yeah. Mm. Yeah, me too. It's great. I mean, it's um, I'm, I'm, I've still not heard anything about the other, or the next release in this range of the special edition complete box sets. We keep uh, hearing sort of conflicting rumours. We don't really do rumours, but we keep hearing <laughs> it's either series 10 or 26. Yeah, we've said so, a few little things pop up on Twitter and we like Matthew Sweet filming outside Unit HQ from Three Doctors, so maybe that season. And yeah, yeah. what was the other one we saw? I think McCoy one's been rumoured, McCoy's last era possibly. But yeah, yeah I, I do love the sets. I can't wait for season 18 to turn up. I literally, and the timing's great because um, my other half will be going away <laughs> uh, <laughs> with work. So I'll have the house to myself and I'll literally... Indulge, Indulge, you know, in the yeah. whole box set. So I'm looking forward to that. Um, I've got Macro Terra. Oh, you got that on Saturday, haven't you? Got that coming yeah. up on Saturday. Uh, that's a showing at the BFI, like a premiere of it. Um, so I'm quite looking forward to that as well. I mean, I, I don't know much about that story. So in many ways, it's going to be like watching it for the first time for me because I've never listened to the audio. I haven't read the book. Um, so it's it's kind of new to me. I'm I'm not a, I mean I love animation, but when it comes to Doctor Who being animated, obviously it's always a bit of a sort of double edged sword because I love yeah. the fact they do it, but it kind of brings home that oh, there's less chance that we're going to see the real thing. But yeah, I'm really looking forward to that. I know there's been a bit of um, stuff kicking off because they've had a cut a scene from it that was too costly or too time consuming to make mm-hmm. or something. Yeah. Uh, the rough and tumble scene it's called, I believe. Uh, where the doctor gets a makeover and a lot of fans were looking forward to that scene, but it's, it's been cut uh, apparently because they just didn't have time or money to do it. But that's a shame. Um, so no doubt there'll be a bit of booing at the BFI, uh, <laughs> but I am looking forward to that screening. That should be, that should be good. And that's this Saturday. So I'll be able to give you a 
little report back next yeah. week on how that went and what it was like and yeah that'd be cool yes like that yeah oh, cool so yeah so hopefully next week we'll have a bit more to to, yes. to reflect on that we've been mm. we've been doing doctor who related but yes yeah. just a bit you, slow at the moment because you're not coming to macro are you because you and i i agree with you on this with the ticket normally with the bfi events you just pay for the ticket and go and watch on the big screen occasionally like this one you're forced to buy the dvd so you get the ticket price is twice the price as normal but you get the dvd of it included which mm-hmm. sounds great but but me and you like don't really want the dvd we want the blu-ray which sounds a bit snooty but we do yeah if you're given the choice you'd, you'd have the blu-ray mm-hmm. or the steelbook um so it's kind of forcing something on you you don't really want uh so i understand why you're not going um and it's released the following week so you'll be able to just watch it on your big old tv at home won't you so, yes exactly yeah. yeah 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 anyways shall we land our time traveling device yes some got some news have we yeah Jodie Whittaker has been offered the freedom of the City of London. My word. My word. That sounds very important, doesn't it? Does she get a big key, a big gold key to the city? Yeah. uh, I would, I hope so, for that title. Yeah. It's a long one. I'd wear it around my neck if I got one. I'd just walk around with it. It's in my big gold key. Yeah. <laughs> like a medallion. Even shirt if you open. Were, <laughs> <laughs> even if you were not in London, you'd still wear it. Oh, I'd, I'd wear it everywhere. Parties. Because you never know when you might need to go to London. <laughs> yeah. You know? Where's the, yeah, yeah. <laughs> so this thing, uh, the freedom of the city of London is, uh, this thing that's been around for donkey's years and they they mm. sort of hand it out to um they they hand it out to uh people who have it's i think it's either it, it you well years ago it's been around for hundreds of years i think they used to hand it out for like uh, business people and trades people back in the day like hundreds of years ago uh mm. but then uh, since then in modern times it's sort of evolved into uh it's kind of like people that make big contributions and achievements and stuff like that, you know, so they honor people with the the freedom of the city, if you like. Mm-hmm. Uh, so yeah. Jodie Whittaker is one of, uh, uh, of a hundred women uh, who are going to receive this to commemorate. It's basically the, the centenary of the, the representation of the people act 1918. Mm. It's all very proper and official. Yeah. Uh, so the court of common council, the City of London's corporate corporation's top decision-making body uh, has today, uh, they sent out the final seal of approval on the freedoms, uh, paving the way for the ceremonies to take place at Guildhall over the coming months. So we don't know exactly when Jodie's going to be giving the, be given the giant key, but it's coming up imminently. And uh, last year, uh, the City Corporation, uh, they agreed to mark 100 years of female uh, suffrage with the award uh, of freedom uh, by inviting members of the Common Court Council and their colleagues to nominate candidates. So I'm assuming that all of the uh, big hype and everything that Jodie's done recently with Doctor Who and her acting mm. career and so on, yeah, she's a prominent female figure essentially in you know the world of drama and TV and stuff. So, uh, but it's not just that. So nominees are drawn from a, a, a range of backgrounds, but all of them have a connection to the city in some way, apparently. 
Right. Uh, so the freedom of the city is believed to have begun back in the 1200s and enables recipi- recipients to carry out their trade. And today people are nominated or apply for the freedom uh, because it offers them a link with the historic city of London and one of its ancient traditions. The freedom is also offered to individuals by the city of London to help celebrate a significant achievement or to pay tribute to their outstanding contribution to London life or their public life. So basically, uh, Jodie Whittaker has been offered this because of her contribution to, I'm assuming, the arts. And Mm -hmm. because Doctor Who is connected to London in some way, I assume, over the years. Um, Yes. So there we go. Yeah, I mean, it seems like she's just getting going, though, doesn't it? It's not, I mean, I know she's done a few things, but I don't know. It seems a bit like when they used to do give them this is your life. They do it just at the start of their career. And you think, oh, it's almost like they're saying you're over, you know. (laughs) But I mean, she's done some great stuff. But I'm thinking, yeah, you know, it seems like to me, it feels like she's still quite a new name on the block in terms of a household name. But, uh, well, yeah, it's great, great for her. So what, what does she actually... What does it bring with it? Can she, you know, like I was joking earlier about wandering around for big key, but what does she, are there any benefits to this? Or is it just like a very prestigious title? No, sort of she can't actually do anything with it. I mean, I, there, there's, she can't just walk into any building and say, <laughs> I've got the freedom of the city. <laughs> <There's>, <laughs> I mean, there's probably, there is probably some kind of legislation somewhere that enables her to have. <laughs> something that goes well uh, there must be something i'm I'm guessing but no she can't just walk into you know a bar and say i'd like a gin and tonic they ask yeah. her the money she gets the key out and they're like oh don't worry about it then. <laughs> I, I don't like, think see, it's I'd, like that but see i'd be straight into harrods into the <laughs> bar at the top yeah give me uh give me a bottle of that expensive uh champagne i've, I've got this key <laughs> yeah yeah so i'm not sure yeah that's why i haven't been given one i mean that's fascinating though to 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 find out if it does actually come with anything. Any perks. Any perks, do you know what I mean? But um, mm. yeah, I think it's just uh, I think it's just a sort of a symbolic meaning overall. Right. It just means that you have a connection with the City of London and and that's your lot. Yeah. yeah. All right, okay. So good news for Jodie, though. It's another thing to add to the old list, the old CV. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, so, yeah. And that's all we got for news. Yes. So nice one, Jody. Uh, moving on to some merch. Shall we get our metal buddy and see what he's got? Yeah. Oh, what's he wearing? Looks like he's got some funky t-shirt on. Get him in. Let's go. <laughs> merch corner. Merch corner. Merch corner. I don't know whether to be impressed or disgusted. It's a bit rubbish, but it's pretty. It's very pretty. Forbidden Planet, you know are improving their t-shirt game mm-hmm. which is good because you and i often complain that forbidden planet you know just doesn't have anything recently added for doctor who whenever you go in any of the forbidden planet stores it's the same old merch you know shelves and shelves of titans and funko pops and, and they did have that the last t-shirt was that one with a cat doctor who t-shirt which was yes bizarre to say the least yeah yeah it's weird yeah uh, but they have uh, released a, a raft of new T-shirts, though, over the last few days, which is all good. And um, I think they released five, uh, potentially six. I can't remember, but we have um, I got we got details of at least four of them here. So uh, the first one is when I first saw this one, I thought this was a re a reissued one because I'm sure that I've, I've seen this before somewhere. Mm. It's the Weeping Angel t-shirt, so it's the the statue reaching out, and it's got Blink and You're Dead, big logo 
uh, above and below the Weeping Angel. So the, all, the, all of these are listed as pre-orders, by the way. But for some reason, I just thought that that was a reissue, and I don't know why. It, it does look quite familiar, to be honest, yeah. Mm. Hmm. Uh, so anyway, that's um, available at ForbiddenPlanet.com as a pre-order. When does this come out? It comes out not till September. Oh, right. Uh, but you'll be pleased to know, mate, they've knocked a couple of quid off the price for that one. So instead of 18 quid, it's now 16, so 15 mm-hmm. and Slightly that's, better. Uh, and yep. that's exclusive to FP. Uh, the next one is uh, one that I really like, actually. I'm going to pre-order this one. This is the Bad Wolf TARDIS that glows in the dark. Mm, thought you'd like that one. Yeah, it looks really cool. So this one is, uh, you'll be unhappy to hear this is back up to seventeen ninety nine. Ah, Yeah, it's because of that glow paint. Glow in the dark doesn't come cheap, mate. No. No. Nope. <laughs> You've got to pay but, for these things. <laughs> the design is very, very cool, though. It's uh, the TARDIS uh, sticking out of this round circle with some Gallifreyan uh, circles on it. And it's got uh, the warp text across the top, which looks really cool. But when you look at it in the daytime, it's just uh, the TARDIS, just, uh, it's white. Uh, design, but then uh, when you look at it at night time or when the lights are out, uh, the windows glow green and then you see Bad Wolf in bright green letters across the front and the there's like a radial pattern coming out of the light at the top as well. So that looks really, really cool. I'm up for that one. I can just imagine being at the BFI and you sitting next to me wearing it and all the lights go down and there's just you glowing next to me <laughs> in that blooming t-shirt. We're like, oh God, cover it up, Gary. I can't <laughs> see the screen. <laughs> so I'm I'm always slightly dubious about glow in the dark merch because you never know how effective it is. Especially Funko Pops. Funko Pops, oh, yeah. They, I've got a couple of glow in the dark and they are rubbish. Yeah, well, yeah. They don't glow at all get more glow off a matchstick i had one piece of merch that uh, i actually took to a charity shop the end of last year because it was ridiculous mm. it was the big uh, titan glow in the dark weeping oh, angel statue weeping of angel, liberty yeah. yeah yeah and it never bloody worked it never no know, it never worked so i took that to the charity shop uh, anyway the next t-shirt is the 13th doctor costume uh, t-shirt in the berry color Ooh. like that uh sort of off-red, maroony type of colour with the uh, multicolour striped across the front. Yeah. Uh, I think the Doctor wore that one in the episode Rosa, if I'm not mistaken. That's it's quite what I'm thinking, early on. Yeah. Uh, that one has been reduced as well to 15 mm. You'll be happy to know. Uh, and that one is not an FP exclusive. Oh. FP are just buying that one. So the one I mentioned before, the Glow in the Dark Bad Wolf TARDIS t-shirt, that one and this one, they're not exclusive to FP. Hmm. so you can order them you probably have to find them at amazon or other the other fp maybe uh, and then the last one is um uh the the thing called pating is the slogan on the t-shirt with a big <laughs> <laughs> with a big uh image of the pating busting well, it looks like it's busting through the wall or busting yeah. out of the t-shirt so, so to speak and yeah. the the text is like the very old school hammer horror uh it, it, it's got that hammer horror vibe, the yeah. old horror style text font, whatever. Um, yeah, and that one is only fifteen ninety nine. You'll be happy to hear, and that one is a Forbidden Planet exclusive. I actually, despite my feelings about the pating, I, I love the t shirt. I think I love the style of it. I think that's really really cool. The horror, like you said, the <laughs> old, very sort of retro style. Yeah, <clears throat> I might actually get one of them. Oh god. 
Oh, no. I know it's a Bating. If you'd have said to me they've got a Bating t-shirt coming out, I told you, yeah, well, won't pick it. But but I actually quite like the the style of that, I've got to be honest. It looks pretty cool. I'll tell you one thing I've noticed as well, which is um, kind of curious. Curiouser these, and curiouser. Curious, very curious, is these um, Forbidden Planet exclusives. Some of them say a UK convention special only available at Forbidden Planet. I'm thinking... What UK convention? Is there, is there something we don't know about? Is there something coming up, do you think? Because this is obviously a new T-shirt. Mm. So you're thinking, okay. So it's obviously not an old UK convention that it's from. So what's this UK convention special thing all about? This doesn't seem to be any info on that. I'm just wondering if we're going to get a new, um, what was it we had? Doctor Who Festival or whatever the other thing was. Um... Doctor Who Unlikely, but um, that that is curious, isn't it? UK convention special, it says. Yeah, I mm. imagine it. Oh, well, I, who who knows, mate? Who mm. knows? It's got to be something to that. Yeah, UK convention special, mm. only available at FP. I'd imagine it's either, well, the two large conventions. It, it's either going to be the Showmasters one in July, London Film and Comic Con, or it's the MCM one. At the Excel, probably probably those two because I don't think Forbidden Planet normally have a store. No, at most conventions, but it sounds well. Reading this, it sounds like they might have at one of those conventions. Mm. It sounds like they might be branching out a wee bit. Yeah, so yeah, I'm interested to see what that's all about. Cool. So I'll be wearing Pating, you'll be glowing in the dark. For God's sake! Yeah. Out of the four T-shirts that we've just gone through, the really cool. Weeping Angel one, the very, very cool Bad Wolf TARDIS. <laughs> not so much the, the berry. No, not that. Not the berry, not and then the Pating one. You've chosen the Pating one. Um, Out of those three yeah, very cool like designs. The, yeah, yeah. I like the style of it. Yeah. I know. <sighs> Shocking. Right. <laughs> on that bombshell, <laughs> it is time to move on to our review. Dude, yes, what is it? It is. So, yeah, Sarah Jane Adventures uh, are back and uh, we're on series two. Uh, not sure which episode we're up to now. Oh, Somewhere in the man. middle. But, uh, well, I know what it's called. I just don't, don't know where it is in the series. But it's the Mark <laughs> of the Berserker. I think it's evil. Make it stop! Are you there? The more you use it, it talks to you. Hello, son. Dad? What the hell are you doing here? Come on. We shouldn't have secrets. Dad? I saved the world. Jacob West found something here, something alien. Jacob! Jacob! No! I'm your best friend. You're a freak! Who wants to take him away? Who wants to take my baby? She's gonna see the pendant, she's gonna see everything! What are you doing? Get off me, who are you? This whole world will do as I say! Clyde's dad. Doodle doodle doodle. That tune gets stuck in your head, doesn't it? It, it does. Just, yeah. yeah. Uh, right, so yeah then, Mark of the Berserker. It was mm. uh, produced over two parts um, in um, the 3rd of November and then the second part on the 10th of November. It was written by Joseph Lidster, mm. directed by Joss Agnew, and obviously produced and overseen by Russell T. Davis, etc. Uh, stars the normal SJA Attic crew for Series 2. Yeah. Although we do have a, a nice cameo in this one from our Series 1 Attic crew members. Yeah, so, that was a surprise, yeah. Yeah, so Maria and Alan are back for a, a small scene. And the uh, sort of story around this one is an alien pendant which gives its wearer 
the power to control uh, other people uh, is stolen from Sarah Jane's attic after it was placed there very safely by Rani. Uh, Luke, um, uh, Luke and Rani enlist the help of uh, Clyde's mum to track down uh, Clyde and his father after they go walkabout after a big spending spree uh, because he has the alien pendant and uh, it leads down to the down to the docks or the keys whatever uh, where the pendant takes full control of Paul and starts to transform him into a berserker and um, Sarah Jane turns up at the last minute to save the day mm. yes so then what did you reckon to this SJA story well uh, I thought it was a belter of a two-parter, this one. Oh, I thought yep. it was great. Yeah, I really liked it, yeah. And uh, I thought it was a, a really, starts off really dark and sinister as well. Really quite creepy. Right. Um, great music going on. We, we're never sure we've done the music with FJA because uh, never tells us on Wiki, but whoever did it was really good. Um, and yeah, then it sort of goes into this backstory about Clyde's dad. Um, so we kind of drifted away from the sort of main story for the second half of episode one. And I thought, okay, and that was good. It was nice to see a bit of development there. Right. And then, yeah, I think that all came together really nicely in the second part. Um, so whereas the last episode of Sarah Jane, but the one about the fortune teller and the stars and all that, we really liked part one, but we felt it struggled in part two. Right. <clears throat> I think this, this just sort of built and built and built. So um, I thought it was a really good two part of this. I enjoyed it a lot. Yeah. And I thought the performances were really good as well from from the cast. Uh, it's a it's a Sarah Jane light episode as well. It's a bit like the sort of Doctor light episodes we got, like Blink, where the Doctor's hardly in it. So Sarah Jane's hardly in this one. And I, it was only towards the end of episode two that I really suddenly thought, hang on, we haven't seen Sarah Jane for ages. It, I, I hadn't, you know, I hadn't sort of really noticed because I was quite wrapped up in the story. And uh, and to be fair, the you know the the guy the kids in this are really holding their own in terms of taking the story along. So I didn't really notice Sarah Jane wasn't in it much until till sort of the end of part one, um, and she makes a couple of brief appearances and obviously comes in at the end. So right. yeah, she's hardly in this two parter at all, um, and you might think that affects it badly, but actually <laughs> it works really well. I think. I mean, I loved it when she came in at the end, and she's just as cool as a cucumber <laughs> comes in and sort of. Uh, you know, just to make sure everything turns out okay. So, yeah, I thought this was a really good, good two-parter. I enjoyed it a lot. Yeah. What did you think? Uh, just before I get on to my thoughts, the, mm. the incidental music composer uh, is a guy called Sam Watts. Sam Watts. Sam okay. Watts, yes. And uh, he did um, a lot of, if not all of, the incidental music for Sarah Jane. Right. Uh, he's done a few other things, but um, most notably... Um, was Wizards versus Aliens ah, back right. in 2014. Um, so he hasn't had a super uh, busy career. He's done, you know, quite a few things, but Sarah Jane and Wizard versus Aliens are things he's most known for. Yeah, because there was um, also other guy, wasn't there? Um, something Ben Foster's brother, I think, who'd done the music for Thunderbirds. I think he might have done a little bit as well, but yes. yeah. I can't think of his name. But yeah, anyway, yeah. Yeah, so Sam Watts. Uh, anyway, the Mark of the Potato, I thought this was a cracking story. Yeah, really good. Really good. And it was another example of just being blown away by the maturity for a kid's TV show. Mm, mm. Some of the themes that it deals with, because this is all centered around Clyde, this episode, really. And some of the themes that it, deal, it, it deals with is, I mean, there are two, there are two scenes that really almost bring a lump to your throat. Uh, the first one is when 
Clyde's dad turns up at their house, you know, Luke and Clyde are just, you know, they've had the, the lads kind of sleep over and everything's cool in the morning. We're having brekkie. Yeah. And, uh, his dad turns up, Alan. Uh, no, not Alan. What's his name? What's his name? Paul. Paul. Uh, Paul turns up and Clyde's really kind of knocked for six, isn't he? And right off the bat, he's asking questions like, why did you leave us? You know, what's going on? All that sort of thing. Mm-hmm. Uh, so for a, for a 15 year old, and it's quite telling, isn't it? That they purposely made Paul, get his age wrong to say, you know, just to show or to emphasize that he's been an absent father and he doesn't even know how, you know, the correct age of his son. So for a 15 year old, that's like a smack in the face for your Mm. long lost dad just to turn up out the blue. And then the other scene, which really had me close to the edge, mate, was the scene at the very end where Clyde's just having a conversation with Sarah Jane up in the attic. It's so heartfelt, Mm. but it just... I don't know, it just, those two scenes to me, especially that last scene in the attic, Mm. just screams to me that it's far beyond uh, a CBBC programme for kids. Yeah, oh, it's got a lot of heart, this series. Um, I think that's why I'm enjoying it so much. Yeah, I know, I was at the, I was sort of um, feeling quite emotional at the end as well, because it's a really nice um, sort of backstory for for Clyde as well. It's, um, Hmm. I think it's used brilliantly in terms of the way they weave in the sort of, you know, the fun element of the, you know, what the dad does with this, this strange alien object. So there's all that stuff, which is really cool and loads of action and chasing and stuff. But they also sort of the intertwine the sort of father son relationship. That's very sort of strange really well without sort of being too, you know, jarring, if you like, yeah, it, it, yeah. it really sort of flows nicely side by side, those two storylines. Um, and those guys work really well together. Um, you know, Daniel Anthony, who played Clyde, and uh gary beadle gary yeah, beadle yep was played the dad paul those two just seem to get really well because paul's quite a sort of cocky kind of guy and a bit of a sort of lad himself and you know so you can see actually where clyde gets that side of him from yeah and it's all a bit of a front because obviously when he's just with his mum um <laughs> luke's teasing him because he does the cooking and 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 all that so he's like you know it's all a bit of bravado so it's really nice because you can you can see that you think oh yeah he gets that from his dad and that's just a lovely bit of storytelling i think you know just you can totally see clyde's character in his mum and dad's characters as well if you know what i mean they're not just there as oh that's his mum and dad you actually do feel like they might be because of the way they are and i thought that was really nice as well yeah it was nice yes yeah and i think this is one episode for sure because in some of the earlier Sarah Jane stories, especially in season one, series one, mm. they they sometimes, especially the first couple, they 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 played it exactly as as it was meant to be perceived, and that was just a, mm. a fun kids program that was set in a world of Doctor Who. Yeah, and there are the odd episode, and well, what's the one that? Uh, where Sarah Jane, hold on a second. Uh, there was an episode from series one that was quite emotional as well. Mm. And it, this, this one is a, of a similar ilk and it just seems like it's not all about the aliens and the, you know, saving the world and all that stuff. Mm. This one's more about issues closer to home. Yeah. And although Clyde goes through that stuff with his dad and says, you know, I saved the world and that's the whole reason why he takes his dad to the attic and so on. There wasn't much in the way. This didn't feel like a, the Earth is under threat, and it's down to Sarah Jane and the attic crew to save the day. 
So mm. it's all about running corridors and, you know, the typical stuff and sonic lipsticks yeah. and all that lot. Um, this is very much about, and I, like you said earlier, this is a, a Sarah Jane Light story. And I think it's, it really, it benefits so much from Sarah Jane not being in this story. Mm. Because I think if she, if she would have been in this throughout, it might have come across as a bit preachy because Sarah mm. Jane, although she's very good at offering advice and all that stuff, um, there are times where if you have that too much, you don't want to feel like kids are being preached to. Yeah, you know I know what, I mean. what you mean. So it's yeah. really good that she just pops up in the beginning at the end. And it's down to, it literally is down to uh, Clyde, Rani and Luke to, to pull this one out of the bag mm. because things are not going well for Clyde because his dad's manipulating him. He's using dependent to erase his memories of his friends and his yeah, that seems really harsh, isn't it? When he says, yeah. forget your mum, I'm like, oh, what? Yeah. Yeah. So it's, um, yeah, I, I just think overall it's a really a really good, uh, grounded, emotional story mm. and is, is much better off. And I don't mean that in a, a negative way or a disrespectful way that Sarah Jane's not in it very much. I just think that the story really benefits from her not being in it. No, I know exactly what you mean. I mean, it's it's strange because we we love the character Sarah Jane and we love seeing Elizabeth Sladen. Every time we watch one of these, we, we say how good she is and she is. But uh, in the nicest way, I didn't miss her in this because I think the cast really came to the forefront and they yeah. carried it well. Mm-hmm. All the cast carried this really, really well. So, yeah, I mean, I loved it when she came back in at the end, but I wasn't thinking, oh, thank goodness, here's Sarah Jane. It wasn't, you know, I was thinking, oh, here she is. It was, so I didn't miss her in the nicest way. Do you know what I mean? I thought the cast did a great job just carrying the story themselves, really. Yes. Yeah. And uh, are you still uh, really up for doing Sarah Jane? Because I don't know about you, but I really look forward to the weeks that come around where we're doing Oh, absolutely. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. I'm really pleased we we started reviewing these because I'm loving it. It reminds me very much, I keep thinking as well, like, I think we've said this before that every every time we've watched one, I don't think we've had any story where we didn't enjoy it. Even ones that, you know, some have been better than others, obviously, but there's not been any story yet yeah. where we've come on and said, no, nah, that, that wasn't a, a good story. You know, even I think I enjoyed the last one more than you, but you still really enjoyed it. Uh, what was it called? The, the fortune teller one, uh, secrets of the stars. Oh yeah. Yeah. So I gave it a 7.5. You gave it six or five, but even that one where you thought it was, you know, not as good as the others, you still really enjoyed it, didn't you? It's a fun mm-hmm. sort of hour of, of entertainment. And uh, yeah, I keep thinking, I hope that continues. I really, it reminds me of the tenant era where I kept thinking <laughs> it was so consistent. Even if there was a story that I thought, no, nah, I wasn't that good, but I still, if you put it on now, fear her, for example, oh, not great. You put it on the TV, I'd still quite happily watch it. It's not one where I go, you know, oh, let's bung on sleep no more. No, thanks. You know, no, I don't I have no desire to watch that ever mm-hmm. again. Yeah. So, yeah, the first episode in the ten era where I can remember thinking, like, that was the first time I've really felt it was a little under par was uh, Planet of the Dead, I think, the one in the in the sand dunes with the bus. That was the first time I ever remember thinking, oh, that, was, that wasn't very good. You know what I mean? Up until that point, I, I kind of thought I could say to any friend or family member who's never watched Dot 2, just sit down. It's always good. You can enjoy it. But that one, I remember sitting with my partner and thinking that wasn't up, up to scratch. And I keep waiting for that with Sarah Jane, thinking they're all so consistent. You know, are we ever going to get to an episode where we say, 
oh man, I didn't enjoy this week's or oh, this week's wasn't very good. Or I don't know. It just, it has that same heart as the tenant era to me where I just think it's got a, a level of quality that they've managed to sustain. In fact, if anything, yeah. they seem to be getting better. Um, like you said, the first series was really enjoyable, perhaps slightly more kiddie and they've, they've built on that and brought in some more sort of adult themes and it, it just seems to get better for me every week so yeah i'm i'm loving this sort of sarah jane ride that we're on at the minute absolutely loving it yes and i bet there was something else that you were happy about in this story something else yes um not only did sarah jane well she was in it a couple of times but there was another character that was absent we didn't get we didn't hear the big fanfare oh mr oh, smith, mr. smith. <laughs> yeah yeah we did get the big phone that was a funny moment though that's there was there was a couple of really nice i mean there always is but there's a couple of really nice moments of humor in this and that was one of them was when they tried to activate mr smith and you get the answer phone message he's like please uh, mr smith cannot come out now i'm pleased i thought oh, that's a lovely moment as well um so yeah we didn't get to see him this week and that's good again it adds add something different you know it'd have been so easy for them to have gone up to the attic showed him the thing he solves it calls sarah jane but you know they went down a different route and i thought again you know it's it's good story writing rather than sort of very lazy predictable story writing if you like so yeah that was good but that was a nice nice moment it was yeah and i thought it was yeah they they did it in a pretty funny way like you said yeah. it's um the voicemail <laughs> and her little notes as well sarah jane's little notes everywhere i said no and they get to you know, all that lovely little touches like that yeah. little touches yeah um okay and in terms of story then uh, as we rattle through the the story i i did like the the way it was written in that they it felt like they were gonna really have to pull something out the bag but for a different reason so in some of the other episodes it was um it's it's almost up to the wire that they saved the day. Um, you know, looking back to series one, you know, where the mm. the moon's about to crash into the earth and, you know, that sort of thing. And they saved the day sort of at the last minute. It seems like it was the same theme, um, but it was more, um, it was more about friends saving friends. Mm, yeah, more, know. more contact, more family. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Which is really cool. So they stick, they stuck to the formula, you know, they, it, it was still a threat because if Clyde's dad had of, you know, t you know, taken Clyde and gone off, he was in like full berserker mode. He'd completely yeah. transformed pretty much. Yeah. And uh, so that would have been pretty bad, you know, if he had have gone off and they wouldn't, but they, they, they didn't stop him. Mm. That would have been bad. And the other thing was they seem to be sticking to this theme, don't they, of mind control in series two. Seems to be there's a few episodes where mm. somebody's mind has been overtaken, like the last one, Secrets of the Stars, where the guy, yeah. you know, mind wipes, oh, sorry, mind controls a lot of people. And mm. you have the ticket master or the clown in the day of the clown that controls people, you know, all that stuff. So it seems to be a theme for series two. And uh, poor old Clyde, he's, uh, he's an, <laughs> another episode where he's had his mind controlled or yeah. stuff changed, <laughs> you know. So I, do think I like that. I guess I did, that is one of the other things I'm I'm really loving about Sarah Jane is that they seem to come up with some really nice ideas like like this thing about having a charm that once you hold it it can make the person you're talking to do whatever you want yeah. such a simple idea but I love stuff like that and Sarah Jane so far that we've watched this seems to be full of these clever little you know ideas rather than it just being 
the same old aliens land they're going to take over let's run down a corridor you know they, they, it's just very interesting ideas and um again i thought this was a really nice one the fact that you know just by saying the words they they have to they sort of do stuff so poor old um what's he called uh rani's dad when he has to do the press-ups i was like oh no it was sort of funny but also you were like feel sorry for him as well you're like oh no is he gonna be he's gonna die in a minute if he has to do like a billion press-ups because he couldn't stop could he you know the whole thing of being controlled and i don't know i just thought the whole ideas that seem to be flowing through sarah jane it's again it comes back to what i just said it it feels like the writers are really trying to come up with interesting and new ideas rather than just going down the standard route uh, which to be honest they so easily could do if they wanted to you know um but it seems like there's a lot of love and effort goes into sarah jane from what we've watched so far like let's try this and oh that's a good idea yeah you know interesting concepts rather than just alien invasions every week and stuff like that so that's the other thing i'm just absolutely loving about it yeah no i agree mate that's the cool thing Rimming about ideas it is absolutely yeah. and i think that's why we're enjoying it so much because mm-hmm. uh it's just that like i said a minute ago it's that it, there's a formula that they kind of stick to mm-hmm. but they inject all of these other ideas and and how the how the the characters interact within those ideas it's very it's just so watchable i, I never reach for my phone no that's true i can honestly yeah. say i didn't what look at my phone at all uh during this two-parter yeah, and yeah, if, yeah. If anything, I'm like, mm, shall I watch the next one? Because when the next time trailer, oh, comes I know up, the trailers. Yeah, yeah. I'm like, mm, nah, save it for the for the next review. But um, in terms the of hum- ca- sorry, go on. sorry, the humor. I was just going to say the humor is on on such a good level as well because it you know this is primarily aimed at sort of kids' family and it it does you know like it does land really well. It doesn't feel childish to me the humor in this. You know what I mean? Like the 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 bit I love is with uh, Clyde and his dad where they come out and um, what is it? Clyde's dad's winding up Rani's dad. It's just before he makes him do the press ups. And he he says something to him and he's like, Oh yeah. He says, Oh, he loves school. He's always talking about you. And he's saying how good you are as the headmaster. He's like, is he really? And they're like, no. And they both start laughing and just the level of humor makes me laugh. I don't sit there thinking, Oh, it's a bit childish, but you know what I mean? They've they've got such a good level of getting the sort of kids and adult, you know, right. Really. Yeah. And it also that also links into the emotional stuff as well that I mentioned earlier. It does, so yeah, absolutely. They haven't pushed it too far to the point where kids won't understand it. Mm. But at the same time, I felt anyway that even adults, because I, you know, it brought a almost brought a tear to my eye that last scene with Sarah Jane and Clyde. So, yeah, yeah, me too. Yeah, yeah. Uh, and there was a couple of nice references as well. So the scene where uh, they they don't know what to do, they can't get hold of Sarah Jane. So Luke and Rani mm. are. You know they they're sort of stuck, so they call Maria, and uh, and Alan, who are now living in America. Is that right? They went to America, didn't they? That's it. Yeah. Yeah. And uh, some nice references there about unit. Mm. So Alan has to hack into the unit uh, servers so that he can get the information on the pendant itself, uh, and then they also use it to to hack the sat nav, don't they? In Clyde Clyde's mum's. That's it. Yeah. Oh, they sort of download the information to it and stuff. So little touches like that are really cool because it's not in your face. You know, we don't see big logos of unit on Alan's screens or anything. It's not like mm. it's rammed down your throat. It's it's there. And obviously as a Doctor Who fans, you would know what unit is. But even yeah. if you weren't a Doctor Who fan, if this was your entry point into Sarah Jane, you still wouldn't sit there scratching your head because you get that little 
explanation, don't you? It's Maria. Mm. She's like, oh, it's United. You know, and so it, it's still a cool thing to have, but it's not yeah. a deal breaker. If you hadn't have watched Doctor Who before, you wouldn't pause it and think, I have to go and look up what unit is to understand what's going on. Yeah. And how cool was that seeing those guys come back? I I had no idea they were going to pop up in this episode and I just thought, oh, that is really nice just to, you know, and I bet the actors appreciated it as well because obviously, you know, the, the girl who played, Yasmin Page who played Maria went off to do college or uni or something, didn't she? So she probably didn't want to leave the series, but how nice to still be included in it. And we always liked um, her dad as well, didn't we? We always thought he was, they were fun together, those two. So I, when they popped up, like when Luke first said, oh, I know who can help us with this. I was thinking, who? And then he's like, you know, Maria and her dad. I was like, oh, that's that's awesome. Like, how lovely to have them just come back for a little cameo in this episode. Just brilliant. Just to remind us that, that they haven't forgotten her. Do you know what I mean? Because, yeah. you know, very often in storytelling, once characters leave a series, sometimes they're never mentioned again. You know, like poor old Aunt Vanessa's, uh, poor old Aunt Vanessa from Logopolis. Shrunken down. I think Tegan mentions her once. You know, <laughs> yeah, it's yeah. just it's just lovely that they, you know, it shows that the characters still remember Maria. They're fond of Maria. They still include her in stuff. And I just, yeah, when they popped up again, I thought that was great. It was actually, yeah, yeah, yeah. No, you're right. And we also had uh, a couple of little mentions of other little tiny things. So Clyde's dad, Paul, mentions. Oh, is it something about those Dalek things? That's right. I noticed that. The yeah, Daleks. Yeah, that was cool. And also a very small one. Uh, is that Sarah Jane tells them that she's uh, visiting a place called visiting a place called Tarminster, and Tarminster would have been uh, the place in the Terror of the Autons, mm. which, which I didn't to... pick up on. I'll be honest with you, no, but I didn't. Uh, yeah, no. yeah, yeah. And uh, the last thing that I absolutely didn't pick up on—I didn't remember this at all—was that when the Harold Saxon thing from the Tenant era. Yeah. Uh, the the promotional website that they put out for that whole thing, uh, Lucy Saxon's dad was Lord Cole of Tarminster. Oh, right. Okay. Yeah. So old Tarminster. Ah. Yeah. He's knocking around a few. Uh, Did not notice. Yeah. It's interesting. References. Didn't pick up on that at all. But yeah. I love, I love little nuggets like that. Little yeah. nuggets. Yeah. 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 Um, and did you also feel that you would be the same? You know, when Clyde takes his dad up to the attic. Mm. Would you be the same? Because he goes in there and he's sort of awestruck by it. Always like, look at all you know. Because at first he thinks it's bogus, doesn't he? And it's not until yeah. Clyde gets the little holographic email sort of picture message thing up. I would be exactly the same. After that point, he's like awestruck. He's like, whoa, you know, mm. all this stuff. I would be exactly the same. Yeah, I mean, I thought that was nice as well because I was thinking it makes sense to me that Clyde would share this with him as well because you know he starts once all the frostiness has sort of disappeared to him and his dad, mm -hmm. he starts to sort of want to get to know him and he's probably bursting to share this with someone. So yeah. who better than his dad? You know, so he would, I think, say to him, dad, this is what I've been doing. This is what you've been missing. Like, you know, you left me, but I've since you left me, I've been saving the world. So I was thinking he would tell his dad that and he would want to share it. And it made absolute sense to me that he would yeah. a tell him all about it and b then have to try and prove it to him. Because I think you would, if you were that 50 year old kid and your dad comes back and, you know, you want to try and reconnect and you want to show him like, yeah, you, you think, you know, this is what you've been missing, dad. Look what I've been doing sort of thing. So again, it worked so well in terms of the plot and storyline, I thought. And obviously his dad being a bit of a geezer, you know, he's going to like take something. <laughs> of course. Like you could, yeah, yeah you could yeah. see that thing glowing again. It all just 
worked really nicely in terms of the story, I thought. Yes. No, I agree. Yeah. Mm. Uh, I do want to touch on the opening scene uh, before we talk mm. about characters, because that was really creepy and really well it done. It was, yeah. Yeah, so it starts with uh, the, uh, the, the teacher that's featured a couple of times now. What's his name? Mr. Cunningham, I think. Mm. Uh, he's holding detention for a few people, and one of the the kids is a guy called a kid called Jacob. Is that right, Jacob? Yeah, yep. Jacob. So he's the guy that found the pendant first of all down in some muddy field somewhere at construction site, and he's had it and he's used it for his own gains, and he's found it quite funny. But now he's starting to get a bit of flack for it. The other kids just call him a bit of a weirdo and a freak and stuff. Yeah. So in that detention, he silences them quite creepily. So he's he yells at them, you know, shut up. And then the kids find that they can't talk anymore. There's, It's a real creepy um, moment. Yeah. Um, and then he freezes them on the spot. You know, they can't move. And then the teacher gets silenced as well because the teacher gets involved and Jacob tells him to shut up and, you know, he can't talk. So, And then you've got Rani who's waiting for her dad because, you know, her dad's obviously the headmaster. So she's hanging around and she witnesses that. And that's how she gets the pendant. Um, so I thought the opening scene and the lead up into the the main part of the story was really well done. Very creepy. Yeah, I did, I did as well. I thought it was a great intro. And I, I thought it was going to centre more around uh, Jacob as well. He seemed like, because he's so prominent in that intro, Yeah, I thought it was going to be about him. <clears throat> and obviously it's not. It's just that he's introducing the idea of the pendant. And did you think, um, so there's the bit at the beginning when he starts to sort of go berserker. And then there's the end bit where Paul... Uh, Clyde's dad goes berserker where their eyes change to that white. Yeah. And I, yeah. now I know me and you have said this before. We, we used to get really freaked out by the seventies TV show, the incredible Hulk. Oh, yeah. And the bit yeah. that freaked us out was when he used to lift his head up and have those crazy white eyes yeah, uh, when he was in mid transition. It was horrible to this day. It is so freaky. <laughs> that reminded me so much of that. And it freaked me out in the same way. I was like, Oh no, they're going, they're turning, they're going berserker. But yeah, that that reminded me so much of the seventies Hulk thing in a really good way. I loved it. Yeah. Yes, no, I agree. It's freaky, yeah. and those eyelids yeah, freaky freak me out. Yeah, it's horrible. Especially when the dad was going berserker at the end. He's really sort of changing, and yeah, it was done really well. I thought. Yeah, when he sees himself in the car rearview mirror. Oh yeah, Roar. yeah, and he doesn't mm. see. He, he he hasn't changed, but he sees himself as as that with the eye lenses. Oh, it's freaky. Yeah. yeah. The, the other little reference I thought you might take away from it as well was the whole concept of um, when they say something, the person repeats it and then does it. So it reminded me a bit of the Star Wars of these are not the droids you're looking for. Oh, right, these yeah. are not the droids we're looking for. You know, it reminded me a little bit of that. Everything they said, they repeated it and believed it, you know. Yeah, a bit of the force going on. Yeah. 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 A little bit of that. So, yeah. <laughs> no, it's good. Uh, let's talk about some characters. Mm. Uh, what did you think to. Um, so we had. <laughs> Uh, so Rani's mum's not in this one, but her dad features in it. <laughs> uh, yeah. So there are a couple of scenes that I found quite funny. The first one was, he's a bit of a nosy Parker. So when Clyde and Clyde's dad are coming out of Sarah Jane's place, he's straight over the street, you know, what's going on? You shouldn't be in here, blah, blah, blah. Yeah. And uh, it's a shame really, because Clyde is kind of, he's been swept up in the whole emotional thing of his dad turning up. And uh, he's, you know, so he, he's a bit more confident and he's happy because his dad's there and stuff, but he really doesn't do himself any favours with Rani's dad because he doesn't like him much anyway. No. Because earlier on when he says to Rani, where are you going in? And she's on the way out. I'm going to see Luke and Clyde. He's like, oh, Clyde. Mm. And he thinks that Clyde's trouble. 
He's got a downer on him. Yeah. yeah so he, Clyde doesn't do himself any favours because uh, Paul doesn't wipe his memory at all. All he does is get him to do the the endless push up, push up. press ups. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so that that was kind of cool, and also. Um, uh, yeah, just a scene at the very end where he just collapses. You know, his t-shirts run through. And he pours the water over himself. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. I felt the relief for him, I think, in that scene. I was like, oh, thank goodness. Yeah. yeah. One thing that was a little bit cringy to watch, but he played it fairly well, I suppose, is when Rani finds the pendant early on in the story and she gets him to mm. bark like a dog and hop on one oh, foot. Oh, yeah. All, yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah, so that was okay. Yeah. Mm. Yes. Uh, what do you think to Clyde's mum? Carla, Carla, yeah, I recognise her. She used to be in a in a in a um, sketch show called Little Miss Jocelyn. Don't know if you remember that. W- wasn't particularly great, um, but no, uh, no. so I recognised her straight away. Um, and I thought actually she was quite fun in it. Uh, initially, I thought she's going to be a bit annoying because I think I was associating her with some of the characters she used to do in a sketch show, if you like. Um, but no, I think by the end of it, I was quite liking her actually. And that that's a great little scene at the end where um, just her and Clyde are talking. Right. But because I was thinking, well, she's accepted this alien thing very easily and she's going to remember all this. And then, of course, Clyde's still holding the pendant. So without realising, he's sort of saying to his mum, oh, you should, you should just forget about all this, mum, and all that sort of stuff. And, she's, and not realising that she will then do it because he's holding the pendant. So that's a lovely little, again, lovely little bit of story writing. You know, she's like, yeah, I should forget about all this. What are we doing here? And all that. So that was, again, just a oh, brilliant little moment. Nice way to just wrap everything up, move the story on. And I thought she was really good in those little scenes. So, yeah, I thought she was all right. I, I wonder if we're going to get to see more of her, actually. Yeah, she did come across um, fairly convincingly as really worried about Clyde. And well, I liked it when she was being the mum. She's like, if if he he better answer his phone <laughs> to me and all this sort of stuff. Yeah, exactly. Just those moments where it's like proper typical mum stuff. Mm. Um, but also, she was quite. You could tell she was uh, sort of put out by his dad turning up out the blue and and all that yeah. jazz. So fairly convincing with that stuff. Yeah, she's more, I was going to say, she is slightly more, a bit like Rani's mum. She does slightly play it more comedic, which can be a bit, you know, mm, um, but but I think, yeah, again, it was on that sort of level of being all right. You know, didn't, she wasn't too over the top. So, yeah, yeah thought she was uh, all right. What about um, Marie and Alan then? To me, it felt like they not not really Never left. been away. Yeah, it just... was like seeing two old friends, wasn't it? It's like, oh, it's Maria and Alan. Yeah, no, they they were they were great, I thought, they in their little right cameo. In, didn't they? They did, yeah, yeah totally. No, that's good. And um, yeah, that was what surprised me the most. I thought, are they going to change their hairstyles? Are they going to change, mm. you know, are they going to try and put on like some kind of slight American accent because they've been over there for a while now? And they, But yeah. no, it was just like, yeah, like they had been in it. Yesterday. Never been away. Yeah, it's like good. they were still in the studio waiting. Oh, we need you back. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Mm. Uh, what about Rani and Luke then? Because they seem to pair off in this mm. one uh, for most of it. Um, uh, yeah. What do you reckon? I, I think Rani's really coming up to the fore as being a really strong character. Actually, I'm really liking. Um, who's the what's the what's she called? Rani, Rani, uh, Angie Mahindra. Yeah, I yeah. think she's great. Uh, she's really sort of taken the role and made, you know, she again, it's as if she was always there because she's only just come into this series, really. Yeah. Uh, I think this is the fourth series, a uh, fourth story in the series, too. So she's still quite new, but I thought she was really strong in this. I, I thought she was really good. Luke um, was good, uh, 
he's always seems to take a bit of a back seat. I think it's because Clyde and Rani, you know, they, they seem stronger characters, more rounded. I still think Luke, bless him, Tommy Knight, just they haven't given him much meat on the bones, I think, to, to work with. So he sometimes gets a little bit lost. Um, but I think there were some nice scenes with him and Clyde in this. And there's a lovely moment when, you know, uh, Rani's dad's doing the push-ups and Clyde, uh, Luke just goes over to him, like, really concerned, like, he, just in his expression, he doesn't say anything. So I, I think both of them were really good, basically. But, um, yeah, Rani is definitely shining through as a, st- a strong lead character. I thought she was really good. Yeah, she is. She's definitely strong. And I know what you yeah. mean about her and Clyde being the stronger ones and Luke. Yeah. Kind of get, yeah. Cause he's a bit, I mean, it was good in this one actually. Cause he, he wasn't, he didn't really come across as a, a bit wet and mm. you know, down in the dumps all the time. He was actually okay for most of it, which is good. Cause I mean, the previous stories, he's been a bit of a wet blanket the whole time and yeah, you know, but down in dumps, but this one, he was actually okay. There was a couple of moments he was like it, but for the most part, it was all right. But I, I know what you mean. It's Rani's very strong, and it's like she's been in the, the attic crew for forever, it feels like. Mm-hmm. Um, and there's that really nice moment as well that they – because girls can be quite funny um, in terms <laughs> of uh, – I, I don't know what the phrase to use. is like the queen bee kind of phrase, you know. Maria was yeah. like the, you know, the girl who ran – or no, she was in like the main girl, if you like. Mm. Um yeah, in, in the attic crew. And so when they meet each other, even though it's just video, you know, they say, oh, you must be Rani, Mary, you know, that sort of thing. But I see, yeah. You know yeah. what I mean? They actually, yeah. they greeted each other really nicely and there was no, oh, who's this girl taking my spot kind of vibe. There was none of that Sarah Jane and Rose competitive. Oh, yeah, competitiveness. Exactly. Yeah, yeah, I, I see what you mean. Yeah. yeah. No, I think Rani's great. I really like her character so far in this series. I really like Luke as well. He is really likable. I think he just gets a bit sort of overshadowed by the, the other two, you know. Yes. But he yeah. is really, yeah, he's really likable. Yeah. yeah. Mm. Uh, and then Clyde's dad then, so Paul Langer, um, Gary Beadle. Where, where have I seen him before? He's been in, he was in EastEnders for a few years. Oh, I was in that years ago, but, but I, that's probably where I know him from. Yeah, probably that's where most people. I think he's been in a few things otherwise, but yeah, I think um, yeah, I think he was in the program Hustle for a while. Oh yeah, I used to like Hustle. Yeah, yeah. Um, but otherwise, I think he's most well known for Silent Witness. Probably got killed in that. Yeah, um, yeah, I I thought he was really good as as Clyde's uh, dad. Um, as I said, I just love the way they wrote him to be a little bit like Clyde, so you could sort of relate him to being his dad. Um, and I think the possession scenes he played in quite well as well. He was pretty creepy when he was going berserker. Um, so I think he was great in all the stuff in the car. And, and again, lovely humorous moments when he goes and says to the car salesman, you're going to give me this car for free. You know, <laughs> I'm going to give you this car for free. And off they go. And <laughs> Move along. Yeah. Move along. Yeah, move along. So he, he works really well, I think, uh, with Clyde as well. I just thought they acted great together. You know, I, I bought into the father-son relationship. It didn't feel forced or awkward or unrealistic so i think he was yeah good casting i thought he was very good yeah i agree i think uh, there was a couple of moments where i thought oh, okay somebody hasn't been on a set for a while oh really was it yeah it was just um <laughs> like i think that's just his his um uh, his way of acting though i think because okay. he was he was when my mum used to watch eastenders years ago i remember mm. watching him in that and he was kind of similar where the way he delivers some of his lines, he's, I think he's just a bit matter-of-fact about a lot of things. I think I know what you mean. Yeah. yeah. So when yeah. Clyde is visibly upset about something, he does this sort of go-to thing where he's like, 
all right, what's going on? Oh, I'm with you. Do you know yeah, what I yeah, mean? Yeah. Yeah, like, yeah, yeah. Go on in. Oh, I'm sorry. Don't worry about it. You know, he's, he has this kind of, it's almost like he's not reacting in the way that he should to Clyde being upset about something in, okay. instead yeah. of, you know, adjusting his tone to be more sympathetic or loving mm. sort of thing, which I, mm. I guess is kind of the point because he's not really a loving father, is he? He's just a bit of a, but anyway, yeah, I mean, he was good overall and he certainly when he was turning into the berserker, he was very convincing. Yeah, no, yeah. I totally take your point there. Yeah, I yeah. do know what you mean. And Clyde then. So Daniel Anthony, I think he had a great a great performance in this one. I think it's the best performance we've seen from him. And I mean, he's been good anyway, all the way through the series, I think. But he really upped his game, I think, in this one. Um, I think when we've talked about this and other stories with certain actors and stuff, I think he looked at the script and realized this was centered around him and he's really grabbed it and gone with it. Mm -hmm. and, and, and I think, you know, like we've said before, sometimes you think, where do we say it about recently? You know, they've read the script and they should have really taken and taken the script and gone with it and haven't. But in this one, I think he did. Yeah, I think he yeah. gave a really good performance. Um, the the emotion from him was really believable. I I just everything that was happening to him, I again totally bought into it and I felt sorry for him at times. I thought he was funny when he needed to be funny. Um, we saw loads of different layers to his character again. As I said, like the bravado when he goes home and his mum's embarrassing him in front of Luke and we saw the softer side to him that he tries to hide by being all, you know, I'm a bit of a lad. And mm -hmm. So he he gave a range of different emotions in this and they were all really good and I just thought it was a great story for him and he, he really did act well in it, I thought. I really liked Clyde in this. Yeah. Really liked him. No, I echo your thoughts on that. Yeah, yeah especially um, the emotional stuff at the end with his mum and then later with Sarah Jane. Just brilliant. Yeah, that scene at the end was really lovely. Really yeah. nice, yeah. And then Sarah Jane, the little bit that she was in it, <laughs> you know, she's just... She's hardly in it, yeah. Yeah, just Sarah Jane. I think, in fact, I really liked her uh, scene where she turns up at the dock because I, I didn't see that coming. I don't know about you. No, but, I didn't. No. Didn't see it coming, no. no. And actually what I love about it is she drifts in. She's so cool, um, this lady. She doesn't just come in and start waving the sonic lipstick and sorting out. She comes in and says, it's all right, I'm here just to oversee this. You guys know what to do. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And she so she lets she, she doesn't sort of come in and just solve everything. And there you go, I'm the doctor and I'm going to... She just lets them get on with it, but she's there if they need her. And I just thought that was absolutely the right way to do it. You know what I mean? Because I did think at one point she was just going to stroll up with a sonic lipstick and... There we go. It's all sorted. I think a bit like Capaldi at the end of class, you know, just turns up, solves it, goes. She didn't do that. She just turned up as the sort of almost like mother-like figure just to say, I'm here, but you guys know what to do. Yeah. You, you sort it out. Yeah. Brilliant. Yeah. And she had, um, she had a bit of a teary moment at the end, you know, where Clyde quizzes oh, yeah. her about her mum and dad. And she says, you know, they died when she was a baby. And then it, I know that's the, that's the forerunner into the next episode that we'll mm. do next month. But just every time, I think we we say this every time, and we probably <laughs> will every time. But she's so consistent, you know. She's just Sarah Jane every time. Yeah, yeah, yeah lovely moments. And actually, that that ending, um, even though she's only in that tiny little bit at the end, like, again, quite emotional. You're sort of thinking she gets that photograph out of her dad and just sort of strokes it. And even that, I'm thinking, just it's just so brilliant. She's only mm -hmm. in it for like twenty seconds at the end. And I noticed it's only a small point, but I noticed that the it was running over time. So normally these are 25 minutes and they're wrapped up and we were sort of, it was sort of 26 minutes running <clears throat> and we were still in the story. And I thought, I love the fact that they haven't cut any of this. There's obviously enough story for it to warrant being 
right. you know, because yeah. TV schedules can be quite strict. So it's like, no, it has to, you have to trim it because it has to be 25 minutes because otherwise the next program starts late. I just couldn't help but notice. And it's a tiny little point to make, but it just, I love the fact that they just let it take its natural flow, if you know what I mean. And they didn't say, well, we've got to trim a minute and a half off of this because, you know, it's over 25 minutes sort of thing. But yeah, think- everything in it was needed. I think it just was, was great. Yeah, no, I agree. I think I think this was closer to thirty minutes actually. It was, yeah. I was. Yeah. I just kept thinking, oh, was, hang on, this is, is you know it's still going and it's over twenty five minutes. But yeah, in a good way, sort of thing. I wasn't sat there thinking, oh, God, when's it going to end? It was absolutely the opposite. Actually, I was thinking, oh, I love the fact we're still we're still going. Yeah. Uh, before we wrap this up, have you got any negatives about this story? Is there anything that you weren't keen on? Because we haven't really gone through any. Uh... Do you know? I don't think I have. <clears throat> um, and actually, I hadn't even sort of really thought about it because i do generally try and find i generally make a list of both so good and bad Mm. so we can give a balanced review in this one all of my notes i'm just looking at them now and it's very subconsciously i haven't sort of really i just haven't noticed anything i didn't like about it actually yeah the only the only couple of the bits for me were just a couple of the performances and they weren't really bad they were just Mm. they weren't on par with some of the main cast and stuff so the guy in the garage that paul brainwashes to drive the Porsche away. Yeah. Um, the kids in the detention at the start and some of Rani's oh, yeah. dad's little bits. I thought they were sort of very typical, you know, they're certainly not going to win any awards for for acting, you know. Some of it was a bit, yeah. But I know what you mean. Other yeah. than that, though, I can't really see any sort of glaring bad points about it. It was just a cracking story. No, it's funny because even those, even those performances you mentioned, they weren't, to a standard that made me cringe, if you know what I mean. I, I absolutely know what you're saying. It's a bit like, yeah, they're, they're not, uh, you know, they're not going to be doing Shakespeare next week, <laughs> the uh, <laughs> royal the thing, but yeah. the globe. But um, but they weren't cringy either. They weren't sort of in the forest of the night of sort of rolling my eyes going, oh, dearie me, they were bad sort of thing. So, yeah, I can kind of overlook all that. I just really enjoyed it overall. Yeah. Yeah, cool. Mm-hmm. Scores then, scores on the doors. Scores. Your turn. Yes, you. Yeah. Uh, so I'm going to give this. Um, do I go with? You're like me. See, I'm, this is why I'm glad you're going first because I'm sort of torn between two. I'm going to give this an eight point five. <gasps> right. Okay. Yeah, I was torn between a nine and an eight point five. But yeah. I'm going with an eight. You go with an eight. Okay. <laughs> an eight. Yeah. I. I really, really enjoyed it. Um, as I said, I can't really fault any of it, really. In terms of enjoyment, you could nitpick a few bits, I think, but just overall, I thought it was really good. Um, eight, and a strong eight as well. I don't right. really know what I'm knocking two points off. I guess just because it was a, a decent story and, and everything, but yeah, just overall, I thought it was very good. So a very strong eight. A very strong eight, yeah. Mm. Uh, cool, yeah. So I gave it an 8.5 because I just think it's a really good story, quite mature, quite emotional you know, says a lot of things without saying mm. the words, if you know what I mean. And um, just can't really find too much fault with it. However, I do still think that there are even more better stories to come from Sarah Jane. Mm. I really do. Um, so. And also I can't go, I can't sort of go into nine ten territory because I think I reserve that sort of absolutely top gold star, yes. you know, score yeah. for like a series final or so. It has to have that extra oomph to push it past an eight. So I think eight sort of considered top of the sort of really good 
stories but anything above that it's got to be like a serious final or something exceptional i think yeah no it's a bit nine or a ten for me so an eight's a very good score for it yes mm. what did our lovely listeners think our regular reviewer from dan mm. under sammy had this to say hey gary and adam sammy satine here so the mark of the berserker i'll be honest it's not one of my favorite sarah jane adventure stories I don't like Clyde's dad, Paul. He reminds me of Ryan's dad in Resolution, except we get more time with Clyde's dad. And I like him a tiny fraction better than Ryan's dad, because unlike Ryan's father, he actually is important to the plot of the story. Chebnall, are you listening? Anyway, it's lovely to see Maria and her dad again. I thought, poor Ryan's dad doing those push-ups. It's all right. Just not brilliant. I give it six berserkers out of ten. Oh, and Mr. Jackson, be careful. Kate won't be pleased you hacked into unit. See ya. <laughs> no, Sammy, not as impressed as us on this one. Yeah. Oh, thank you, though, Sammy. Thanks, Sammy. Over on Twitter, uh, our writer Jordan Shortman said, one of the earliest SJA episodes I can vividly remember watching, and there were bits mm-hmm. of it that terrified me. Uh, but once again, SJA proves its adultness in terms of its take of the father-son dynamic. I seem to remember Daniel Anthony being quite good, uh, as were the rest of the kids. He is very good. Very this, good. Yeah. Yes. Uh, Tardis Grade said, uh, this ep used to always be on repeat, so I became a bit sick of it. But after re-watching it, I was pleasantly surprised. Uh, Clyde and his dad are both good in this. The pendant is quite a clever concept. Some nice little scenes, such as Maria's cameo. Not the worst of series two, but not the best. A seven. Seven already. Uh, Jack uh, at Hoovenier says, um, I love it. It's uh, I've been watching SJ recently, and it's the first proper glimpse that we get into Clyde's family. Despite all this, it gives a reflection of the darker sides of society, knowing that some people would be this power hungry. Mm. Uh, 8.5, Liz Sladen gives a stunning performance. Uh, the Who Society, great story. Uh, quite a dark SJA episode with all round good acting and plot. Highly enjoyable, 8 out of 10. Um cool. Chubby123 says, great story, different kind of story to most of SJA. Great ending, 7.5. Sarah Louise, uh, running Hoovian, says, brilliant storyline, perfect amount of scary moments and great performances by all. I really enjoyed this one, 8.5. Cool. And Rob Kelly says, I love, I have vague memories about this one, but I can't remember being, um, I can't remember seeing a bad SJA. I look forward to you guys jogging my memories. Well, hopefully we have done that, Mm. Rob. Mm. And you'll jump over for your DVDs. Over on Facebook, uh, Joseph Howarth says, another darker episode. I'm sensing a theme here. Uh, This was another good one I kept seeing on CBBC. So far, I haven't found any episodes that I don't remember from the show. Uh, A very serious subject, beautiful bit of character development for Clive in general. Nice to see Maria and her dad again. Possibly one of my favourites from this series, a 9 out of 10. Mm. Chloe Anderson says, I really like this one. A slightly darker episode without being too intense. Nice how they linked Maria back into it due to Sarah Jane's absence. Uh, overall, good episode, 8 out of 10. And Miles McKenzie says, a very enjoyable story, love its more serious tone, uh, and is an amazing piece of character development for Clive. The whole team were amazing, as always, and a very nice comeback with Alan and Maria. Overall, I really love this one, 8.5. Nice. So the general consensus is an 8, I would say, on yeah. average. And all positives, none negatives. And also the the end trailer um, kind of picked up on Sarah Jane's dad, didn't it? It looked like, so I, like you, I was itching to move on to the next one. I thought, no, <laughs> I'll save it. I'll save. But that's nice because I thought that might just have been a 
you know just bringing sarah jane jane into the episode but it looks like it leads on to the next story so yeah i'm looking forward to find out what that's all about yes yes so thank you very much guys for sending in your reviews on the mask of the berserker uh next week buddy we're traveling back to do a bit of jousting yeah, what Luke's have we got? at the ready. <laughs> yeah, what have we got next week? <laughs> ding, 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 ding. <laughs> so, Fifth Doctor's story next week. Um, one that I certainly haven't watched in billions of years. Uh, it's The King's Demons next week. The King's Demons, King's eh? Demons, yeah. It's only a two-parter. Yeah. Not too bad. So we're expecting yeah. you lot to get... <laughs> I can't remember it at all. We're expecting yeah. you lot to get your DVDs out. It's ding, only two ding, parts. Ding, ding, ding. Um, uh, we're going to be asking for your... Uh, views on this, um, on this, uh, yes, very royal and proper and 12th century historical. Yeah. So uh, that'll be next week. Uh, until then, let's wrap for 223. Alrighty. Thank you, thank you, thank you for sticking with us through episode 223 it's been great talking through the Sarah Jane adventures the Mark of the Berserker love that story Mm. very very cool and let us know if you're up for any of these t-shirts from Forbidden Planet as well Uh, I can't uh, yeah I don't know what's going through Adam's mind with the whole uh, the whole (laughs) pating thing there we go we shall see how that looks on Adam in person you're yeah we won't have it for Comic Con in July but maybe I don't know Maybe we'll see it in your Christmas photos. Yeah. <laughs> um, next week, yes, The King's Demons, the fifth Doctor story. Give that a watch. We'll be asking for your reviews on that. So look out for the social media posts that go out every Monday, with the exception of this week, because I forgot and it went out on a Tuesday. But it's generally a Monday. Uh, so uh, get your thoughts in for that. In the meantime, head over to the website, www.bigblueboxpodcast.co.uk. You can listen to every single episode of our show on there uh, plus you can link off to all of the social accounts we're on Twitter Facebook and Instagram give us a like and a follow as we chat with your Doctor Who during the week and also subscribe to the actual podcast itself on any podcast network that you prefer and there's buttons on the website to link off to all of those things and if you're an iTunes listener if you could spare a minute for a review that would be amazing because it helps us a lot also check out Adam's channel The Geeks, the Geeks Handbag. Handbag nip over to YouTube search for The Geeks Handbag give him a sub and uh, make sure you watch his recent review of the Crystal Tardis. Looks very, yeah. very cool. Very cool indeed. Uh, yeah, so we will see you next week for episode 224. Until then, my name's Gary. My name's Adam. And remember, hey. Hey.